Arizona basketball gets the win that it needed and an excellent springboard for a big showdown Saturday. Let's get started here on Locked On Wildcats. You are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Friday, everyone, and I am your host, Mike Luke. All right, now, Arizona basketball has played terrible basketball the past by Arizona standards for the past five uh, five halves. I don't think that I'm breaking any news there. I think that everybody pretty much knows that. But Arizona got out of its funk in a big way against uh, the Oregon State Beavers. First of all, I want to talk about Oregon State here for a second. Um, there's... Uh, there are some um, – you watch Oregon State and you're like, that's not a team that's going to be winning many games. And it's always baffled me how coaches, when they're in their 10th, 12th, 13th, 14th year, like Wayne Tinkle is at Oregon State, can have the kind of uh, uh, bad teams that they have. And that's pretty much the case. But you know what? You st- Arizona's played some bad teams and they lost or they played close to them. That didn't happen against uh, Washington and let's talk about why or excuse me Oregon State and let's talk about why it didn't first of all Tommy Lloyd talked about multiple times about how he needed guys he wanted guys who his players to be able to play more of an attacking downhill style and I think that's basically his way of saying that the guys were playing soft and they were letting the game come to them way too much um, now, uh, and you can go, we'll go position by position or player by player right there. Let's start with Courtney Ramey, Courtney Ramey, Texas transfer. Everybody knows was absolutely fantastic in Maui. Um, but he is really kind of taken a step back in these past, probably these past four or five games to where he's just been shooting kind of not really fadeaway threes, but passive threes, not really attacking and defensively not doing much either. In this game against Oregon State, he was taking his threes with confidence. And not only was he taking his threes with confidence, he was getting to the hoop, he was finishing, and he was leading the charge on the defensive side of the court. So there's a lot to like about what Courtney Ramey did out there. And uh, let's talk a little bit now about Pella Larson. Now, the one thing I think with Pella Larson that's odd that I think a lot that I don't get, and I think I speak for a lot of people, is that. Pella, for whatever reason, has somewhat forgot how to shoot. Um, as a freshman at Utah, Pella shot in the mid-40s. Last year, it went down into the 30s. This year, it's been in the 20s. Now, it's not like he you know, he erupted for nine threes in this game, but he did show more of a uh, – a his, his shot looked better. I'll put it to you like that. Um, and he was doing a little, a little bit more confidence. I think a big part of what uh, Tommy Lloyd wanted from these guys was more confidence. I'm actually going to write that down too as well for something else. Um, and it showed out there. Uh, Larson made a three, and he had another three too that was nothing but net, but it was called off. That looked pretty good right there. Then Azulis Tabellis, as we know, is, abso- is an absolute monster. He's the best player on the team by a mile. Um, 
and he's one of the best players. Um, and he's one of the best players in the country. Then, you know, I'm not really breaking anything. Um, and I'm not really breaking any news right there. Now, when it comes to, um, when it comes to, uh, uh, the rest of the squad, then there's some, uh, also some good things. Look at uh, Cedric Henderson jr. Coming off the bench. Now, Big fan of Ced on this show, but you know Ced's been a little up and down this year. But he had a he had a nice step back. He had some nice finishes, and he played some really good defense there. Ced looked very good. I was impressed by what I saw from Ced. And then the elephant in the room, Dylan Anderson. Um, Dylan Anderson has not played much this year. And Dylan Anderson, let it be known that he is here to stay. Now, you might say, Mike, who's Dylan Anderson? I'm glad you asked. Dylan Anderson is a guy who's been uh, on the Arizona basketball radar for about four or five years, out of Gilbert Perry, committed once the Tommy Gun took over. And he has been, um, you know, he has definitely been better than I think a lot of people thought he would be. I've always been a fan of uh, Dylan Anderson. I think a lot of people like uh, Jason Shear weren't, but that's the reason because they were all misguided right here. Not with with Dylan Anderson. Nobody was uh, D- Dylan Anderson wants to be good, and that is a big part of the equation with Big Dylan right there. Okay, now. Um, he was able to play well, and then you start to wonder. Henry Vasar, a guy that we all like, but you know what? Henry's been a little up and down this year, and I think there's been some questions about you know where exactly his uh, where exactly his head is now. Henry Vasar has uh, again, he's good, but Dylan Anderson's pushing him a little bit there, and we like competition like that on the show. We like depth like this. And that's something that I think Tommy Lloyd is um, – Tommy Lloyd is certainly preaching. I'll put it to you like that. Um, and then as far as some of the other players, you got Adama Ball. This was a nice game for him. Made a three, got some burn. I've said it from day one, and I'm going to continue to say this, that I believe that Adama Ball should be um, – I believe that they should redshirt him. Now – the reason I believe he should, they should redshirt Adama Ball is because I believe that he can play. I believe he'll be good, but I think he's just going to need a little bit of time. And what I mean by that is he's just going to need a little bit of time because he's younger. People got to remember that he is, you know, he should be a freshman this year. Again, from France, he's a young dude. So that's something that a lot of people, you know, kind of forget about when it comes to uh, Adama Ball. But I think if he came back after a redshirt year, I think that he could be some. I think he could be problems out there. And not only do I think he could be problems, I think that he could. Um, I think that he could be a starter or at least have starting potential. That's what I think of Adama Ball. So I'd like to see them be able to do that. And then at the guard positions, Kylan Boswell continues to show with that athleticism, kind of that next level burst at that uh, point guard spot. And he's also shown that he is able to uh, that he's made some, he made some shots as well. There's a lot to like about him. Again, I'm not necessarily sure what his overall upside is, but I do know that he can play, and there is a lot to like about him. And Tommy Lloyd, one one thing about Tommy Lloyd that we have definitely come to the realization of is that when he says something about a player, 
he generally isn't um, he generally isn't uh, BSing. He uh, think back to when uh, last year when he said that he thought Christian Coloco could uh, compete for the conference defensive player of the year. And a lot of people, I was right there, a lot of people rolled their eyes at that. Oh, coach, you haven't seen Christian Coloco. Got to remember Christian Coloco was a bit player, had played sparingly, hadn't done a ton out there. Um, and then he, uh, Tommy Lloyd gets a hold of him, and not only does he become the defensive player of the year, you can make the case that he was the best defensive player in the entire country this past year. And he was also asked about the team and he said i know what good teams look like this is a good team so when lloyd says that he thinks that kylan boswell can be one of the best guards in school history we shouldn't dismiss that as uh we shouldn't dismiss that as uh something that can't happen because tommy lloyd has earned the benefit of the doubt when it comes to his projections right there so Kylan Boswell, uh, another uh, nice little piece. But overall, everybody played very well. This was the kind of game Arizona needed. Arizona needed to be able to destroy an overmatched team, whether it was at home, whether it was on the road, wherever the heck it was. Arizona needed to be able to get a game like this in, and they were able to get that. They were able to get a win in. Um, now, we're going to talk about Oregon coming up because Oregon's got some issues for Arizona. And again, they always seem to play Arizona tough. So what do you need to know about Oregon? We're going to talk about that in just a second. But first, Bet Online. Here's the deal. Bet Online is the number one sportsbook app in the entire country. You can find all the latest odds, news, scores, you name it, Bet Online has it. And Let's just say that you're wondering, you're like, all right, well, I'd like to be able to bet a little bit on, uh, you know, Arizona, but it's kind of confusing. No, it's not confusing. Check out Bet Online. Again, that's where you go. Bet Online Sportsbook. Um, you can get all, you can get in games, you can get out of games, you name it. The Bet Online Sportsbook has it. Um, there's a reason that everybody's using it, and it's because it's easy, it's fun, and it's a great place to put your money. Check it out, Bet Online Sportsbook. Now, Arizona's got a real interesting matchup with Oregon coming up here. We're going to talk about that next. Stay here on Locked On Wildcats. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right. Now, Oregon basketball has not been good this year. We all know that. Oregon, quite frankly, has stunk up the joint, and they've had a number of embarrassing losses. And they're coming off an embarrassing loss against ASU, where ASU – it felt like ASU was up by about 500 points the entire game. Granted, it wasn't quite that, but you get the uh, you get the hint. It wasn't um, it wasn't pretty. And Dana Altman said after the game that he was going to start playing guys that wanted to be out there. And this happens every single year. It seems where Oregon struggles or they don't play well, and lo and behold, they catch fire against Arizona. I think back to last year where Oregon did not play well, and then. Guess what? Quincy Garrier, who is not a three-point shooter, starts off the game making five threes in about the first five seconds. That's where you don't you don't want that to occur. Um, not only do you not want that to occur, you want him to you want uh, Arizona to be able to stop that. But Oregon's got some real flaws here. First, they're soft. I was talking with the um, Sun Devil fan. 
And he said they don't defend like a normal Dana team and they're a little soft. And that's true. But they do still have a little bit of talent. Will Richardson is probably the best point guard in the uh, in the conference. And if he's not, he's certainly right there. Then you've got Infali Dante, who is one of the two or three best big men in the entire conference. So that's a good starting point from you. But after that, it's basically a bunch of meh. Because you got guys like Jermaine Quiznard, you got Keyshawn Bartholomew, you got Gary A. But these aren't guys, these aren't foxhole guys. These aren't guys that are tough. These aren't guys that you want to, you know, really probably go to battle with, for lack of a better term. But as uh, we've seen, Oregon generally plays really good against Arizona. Uh, Dana Altman um, against pretty much owned Sean Miller. I think that uh, when Sean Miller left, Dana Altman had something like uh, like not something like an eight or a nine game winning streak against Sean Miller to the point where some people were joking that Dana Altman's uh, uh, job was to be able to come in here and embarrass Sean Miller and then after that come back to the pack. Again, pardon the pun. But, again, not the worst thing in the world, but also not the best thing in the world. But Arizona should be able to beat Oregon. But we've seen, though, that this is usually a franchise, usually a program that steps its game up against Arizona. And I think that's where Arizona fans are rightfully concerned about about, uh, what Oregon is coming after them with. Because keep in mind, too, getting embarrassed – in the manner in which they did at home against ASU is never a good look. Now, ASU is a pretty good team. Um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that they're not a good team um, because they are a pretty good team. And as we've seen, they, uh, you know, they almost beat Arizona at home. Um, But again, there's no reason that you should be down 34 to 13 at home against ASU. That ASU isn't Duke, like a vintage Duke team or a North Carolina. They're not that team. And so, Dana Altman then had a talk and he said, you know, I'm going to start playing the guys that really want to be out there. And I think if you're Arizona, that's something that you got to pay really close attention to. Um, But the matchups are almost all in favor of Arizona. And there isn't a reason that Arizona should lose this game. Um, So, but then if Arizona were to take care of business against Oregon, there is a real possibility of getting back into the top five in the country. How would that happen? We're going to discuss that next. Come right back with us. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right, now we're jumping into hypotheticals here. <clears throat> hypotheticals here. Some people don't like jumping into hypotheticals. I do like jumping into hypotheticals, and that's why we're going to do it. So let's just say that Arizona beats Oregon as well. That would then you have a home. Then you got the LA schools coming to you in McHale. UCLA is going to be one of the five or six best teams in the country, and. It's going to be another great opportunity for Arizona to be able to get a nice, nice win because, again, we've talked about it a billion times. You already have Tennessee. You already have or uh, you already have Tennessee. You already have Indiana. You've already got San Diego State. What ways in the conference can you continue to boost your resume? And the best way to boost your resume is to be able to beat a team like UCLA. And UCLA is a team, like I said, that is just, they're very good. They're very good, but it's a team that Arizona, 
I think, should uh, should be able to beat because of the matchups. You look at UCLA, the one thing they don't have, they don't have a ton of size. And by not having a ton of size, um, that's the one thing that Arizona really does have. They've got Umar Ballo. you got a Julius Tabellis. You've got guys that um, can basically beat up on smaller players out there, and that's something they're going to have against UCLA. Now, um, so if Arizona were to beat UCLA, then it becomes fascinating because then uh, Arizona's resume kind of sticks with about anybody out there, to be honest with you. How many team people or how many teams would have wins against Tennessee, which is going to be a top 10 team all season, UCLA, which is going to be a top 10 team, San Diego State by the end of the year is going to be a top 15 team. Creighton's up there as well. And you'd have another chance to be able to get UCLA. And then we didn't even discuss USC. Um, USC under Andy Enfield has always been a team that's going to probably make the tournament. Probably won't be a top you know, 25 team this year, but they'll be about an eight or a nine seed. That would be another really, really nice feather to have in Arizona's cap if they were able to do that. Um, so that's what you're looking at. That's what's pretty much at stake right here. And then you can get back into the conference race. Because right now, the one thing I think that Arizona fans are a little uh, peeved about is your two losses were in conference. And, you know, that's a blessing and a curse because you needed to win these out-of-conference games, but you've lost to Washington State and you lost to Utah, which are not losses that you want to uh, that you, that you want to have. But you know what? You know, basketball is what it is. Sometimes that just happens. Um, but I think the one thing that uh, is enticing, though, is that – now, if you were to get you get the LA schools, if you were to beat them, then it's kind of all downhill from there and downhill in a good way because you would have already vanquished the teams that you needed to vanquish and you got a little bit more margin for error. And keep in mind, too, looking around college basketball, everybody is dropping games, everybody is playing close games. There isn't the team out there that is, you know, there's not a team out there that is just playing flawless basketball. That team does not exist. Um, I mean, heck, you look at UCLA. They're 5-0 and in conference, but they barely beat Washington State by one. Now, granted, Arizona fans know about Washington State, but they haven't looked perfect as well, and that's something to certainly keep in mind. But right now, Arizona has – they took care of business, what they needed to do out of conference, so now it's about taking care of business in conference. And that starts, like I said, with getting that Oregon win. Then after you get that Oregon win, you can then look at the L.A. schools because then if you get the L.A. schools, then you're looking at something totally, uh, you know, where your resume pretty much stacks up against anybody, including those who don't like the Pac-12, who will always look to minimize the Pac-12. But Arizona would be right there. All right. So, again, great win for Arizona. Wanted to talk about this win and what it means big picture and what uh, the importance of beating Oregon this coming week. And then looking ahead a little bit that uh, looking ahead a little bit to the L.A. schools, because, again, it's not often that you got a top five team coming into McHale. And it's also not often that um, you can really boost your resume in that regard. So, again, lots of really good stuff from Arizona and we will, as always, we will be back with you on Monday because we're going day, uh, we're going day by day. But 
appreciate everybody out there uh, listening. You have a great re weekend. You have been listening to Locked on Wildcats.